Welcome to a special edition of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I'm Justin Gruber. And I'm Jesse Gruber. And we're doing this so that you would know who we are, because we do not have our opening for this. This is last, uh, a more of a last minute episode. Because We ran we- out of money, Jaeger. That's I don't not know what it. To tell you. That's not it, Jaeger. You're the best. We thank so thankful for you, but we could not let um, the 20th anniversary of September 11th passing without taking us a time to remember in solemnity uh, the events of that day, um, and hopefully to spur us on because it speaks volumes into current events that are happening right now. Um, and with that, I would love to walk us through a timeline so that we can remember what happened 20 years ago. Um, 20 years ago. Uh, Basically, anything that you find inconvenient about flying on a plane right now, I just am going to take you back to 20 years ago and remember exactly why it's inconvenient, uh, because this happened uh, 20 years ago. Uh, At 7.59 in the morning, American Airlines Flight 11 uh, was a Boeing 767, had 92 people on board. It left uh, Boston. Uh, It was headed to Los Angeles. Shortly thereafter, at 8.14 a.m., United Airlines Flight 175, which is another 767, that had 65 people on board, left Boston for Los Angeles. And at 8.19 a.m., flight, flight attendants aboard Flight 11 alerted ground personnel that the plane had been hijacked. American Airlines told the FBI. One minute later, American Airlines Flight 77 at 8.20 took off from Duels International Airport just outside of uh, Washington, D.C. It was a 757, a little smaller, but it was headed to Los Angeles that had 64 people on board. At 8.24 a.m., hijacker Mohammed Atta made the first of two accidental transmissions from Flight 11 to the ground control, apparently in an attempt to communicate with the plane's cabin. He had tried, uh, I, I remember, just remember the, the news stories, he had, he had tried to communicate to the passengers that the plane was hijacked. He did not know he was transmitting uh, from the flight that left just out of Washington, D.C. He was actually transmitting to uh, the air traffic controllers. Uh, and that's how they they noted, or they found out that that plane was also uh, being hijacked. Uh, uh, 8.41 in the morning, United Airlines Flight 93, 757 with 44 people on board took off from Newark International Airport and route to San Francisco. All of these were cross-country flights. They were designed to be that way. They had the most fuel. They would cause the largest amount of damage. They were intended to carry as many people, they were hoping, as possible on the planes themselves to inflict the most damage on the country. At 8.46 a.m., Mohammed Aden and other hijackers aboard Air Flight, Air American Airlines Flight 11 crashed the plane into floors 93 through floor 99 of the North Tower of the World Trade Center, killing all the passengers on board and hundreds more inside the building. And it was a horrific sight. Within seconds, first responders responded. The White House, White House Chief of Staff, they alerted the president, um, 9.02 a.m., uh, after initially instructing the tenants of the World Trade Center South Tower to remain in the building, the Port Authority officials broadcast orders to evacuate both towers um, through the public address system. An estimated 10,000 to 14,000 people were already in the process of evacuating, and thank God. 
9.03 a.m., hijackers crashed United Airlines Flight 175 into floors 75 through 85 of the World Trade Center's South Tower. And this is was probably the most harrowing uh, because it happened live as we were watching, trying to get a grip of what had just happened um, to the North Tower. And from the side, I just remember on the TV seeing another plane fly into the South Tower. At this point, uh, the FAA was stopping any plane from taking off uh, that was heading towards New York City or any of the surrounding airspace. Um, by 9.20 a.m., the Port Authority had closed the bridges and tunnels into New York City. They were battening down the hashes, trying to close everything they could off. 9.37 a.m., hijackers aboard Flight 77 crashed their plane into the western facade of the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., killing 59 aboard the plane and 125 military and civilian personnel that were inside the building in that area. And for 9.42 a.m., for the first time in history, the FAA ground all flights over or bound for the continental U.S. And over the next two and a half hours, some 33,000 commercial flights and 1,200 private planes were guided to land at airports in Canada in the United States. This is where we get the oppressive thought that there was only one plane in the sky. Amid escalating rumors uh, of attacks that were that would be aimed at the White House or the U.S. Capitol building, both were evacuated from both the White House and the Capitol building. They were left empty. At 9.59, the Southern Tower of the World Trade Center collapsed. At 10.07... After passengers and crew members aboard the hijacked Flight 93 had contacted friends and family, they were contacting them because their plane was also being hijacked. They were contacting them and found out what was going on in New York and what had happened to the Pentagon in Washington. And they mount a heroic attempt to retake the plane. In response, the hijackers deliberately crashed the plane into a field in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, killing all 40 passengers and crew aboard. By 1028, the World Trader Center's North Tower had collapsed 102 minutes after being struck by Flight 11. And at that point, we were essentially left to pick up the pieces from what had happened in just the span of a few hours. It is sombering to think about, but nearly 3,000 souls between first responders, those on the planes themselves, those in the two towers, and the Pentagon. 3,000 innocent lives were taken. And the world, as I knew it, was radically changed. What we found out was that um, the hijackers had used small knives, box cutters, um, things like that to essentially take over these planes uh, to either coerce or kill the captains to having had flight training themselves also fly the planes. It turns out uh, that there had been signs of this. There are reports that that uh, one of the um, one of those that was trained literally had said to his instructor um, when it came to learning landing that 
it wasn't as essential that he learned landing, which obviously is a red flag when you're trying to fly a plane. But that's because he had never intended to land a plane. He had only intended to fly it for maximum casualties. Uh, There's so much about this day that is sad. Uh, I think um, one of the brightest spots about 9-11 was 9-12. Because on 9-12, I remember that there was no talk of hating America. There was no speaking of America as an evil place. There was the remembrance of what America stood for what it meant to be an American. Um, You couldn't buy an American flag, not because they were illegal or banned or being burned as they may be today, but simply because stores couldn't keep them in stock fast enough. I remember uh, vividly this past summer having gone to um, Minnesota on our way back. We really uh, wanted to time our, our drive home to be able to stop at the the Flight 93 Memorial in Pennsylvania. And what a miracle of God. Because this is the plane they believe was fully intended because of the way it had turned in its its direction was intended to strike either the Capitol building uh, where the Senate and House meet and or the White House itself. And um, by God's grace, the crash landing that they did was nowhere near anything. There was nothing near where that plane landed. Uh, And every one of those crew members is a hero. And I'm proud to say that 17 of the members on that plane were from New Jersey. It's one of the spotlights on uh, New Jersey history that actually really makes me uh, thankful. Um, Where were you... I think we talked a little bit about this when we talked to John Cooper, Jesse, but do you remember where you were? You would have been, what, fifth-ish grade? Fifth grade, yeah. I mean, I had started, it was it was like just a few days into me starting at a new school. Um, and uh, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I just, I do remember that our whole school went out um, and actually prayed, joined hands and prayed around the flagpole uh, while we waited for our uh, families to pick us up. Um, I do remember going home. I remember, I think both dad and mom were home, right? If I remember correctly, dad was home or was he working? I don't remember. Uh, he was working and uh, mom was home. We actually, obviously, school had ended early. Right. And uh, we all, we were at home and uh, it was just a lot of just disbelief. The TV on, I just remember silence, just kind of randomly catching these glimpses and trying to make sense of what we were seeing. Um, I remember this is uh, my senior year and I was voted the class chaplain <laughs> of our senior class and we had a special chapel the next day. I don't remember what I said, uh, but they, they asked me to say something as a senior in high school. I don't know why they would let me have said anything, um, but they did. And while I don't remember what I said, I just, I know, I, 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 I to this day feel um, honored to have even had that opportunity. Uh, but I know we spoke, we prayed. Several people spoke. Uh, we prayed as a school. Um, not not much work got done the day after either in school. 
I remember because uh, as it happened, uh, two kids in my class had an uncle that worked in uh, one of the towers. And um, it was weird because they someone had come to the classroom and actually called them out of the classroom, which is weird, just generally speaking, to have a class interrupted. Um, and And we didn't know why at the time. And then we found out. And uh, it was very, it was just so shocking. Uh, shocking to to have that happen. We had been surrounded. We had Canada to our north and Mexico to our south and vast oceans. Um, to think of an attack like this, uh, not, not, a, not a far-reaching ICBM or a warhead. Um, this was... This was so. It was so much more um, pedestrian. It was so much more normal, um, and yet terrorists had captured four planes and intended to make them missiles uh, in America. And so, um, I think I, I I could not possibly we we would do a disservice to maybe mention too many people specifically from the day, because there's just so many names, whether it's from the heroes on Flight 93 to the heroes that were first responders to the heroes inside of those buildings that have tried to help save and rescue as many as they could to the many names of those that died. Um, it is <coughs> it is important to remember that it is for this reason. Um, it is for this this very reason that we engaged in the conflicts that went on in Afghanistan which culminated in the absolute embarrassment of last month. Um, I have a couple of a couple of books. My um, my daughter, who is a pretty avid reader, and uh, by God's grace, I'm thankful she loves history. She's read a whole bunch of books on 9/11, and I'm thankful because um, while I lived through it, she did not. And our American memory is very short, especially for things that are hard. We don't like to think about them unless they're things we can use to demonize or alienate others. And 9/11 isn't one of those issues, and so we've we've memory hold it very quick. Um, but on this is this was her third day of school. But on her first day of school, she came back with a school, a book from the school library, uh, entitled "Messages to Ground Zero: <coughs> Children Respond to September 11th." And it's basically a collection of artwork and stories and just thoughts from children uh, in in the New York area. Um, and and then also from from abroad, um, uh, this this particular one is from Andre, who was in grade eight, who lived in the Bronx. He says, "I've learned that it's not what happens to people that's important; it's what you do about it." We had nothing to do with what happened to people on Tuesday. Many Americans united to do something about it. The firemen, Red Cross, policemen from all over the United States helped out in the rescue. When something happens to others, we help. That is why we are called the United States of America. This one comes from Michael, who was in high school from Queens. He entitled it A Changing World. He says, there's an old Chinese saying, we live in interesting times. We used to think that that meant a healthy economy, numerous technological advances, and a bright future. But on the morning of September 11, 2001, however, those interesting times changed. We were attacked, 
Many innocent people lost their lives. It was unprovoked, and it took us completely off guard. The television news channels were in full force, as were the police and the fire department. Now the interesting times in which we live are uncertain and frightful. News of anthrax, war, and the dead consume our lives. It is not escapable, and it is certainly not over. Despite all this, we continue. Our leaders have asked us to do what we normally do. Go to school, shop, take someone out, or play a sport. No one thought the day would come when it, the day would come when we could be asked to go on with our lives as usual. The time has come to fight back, and we are. By supporting our leaders and each other, we are stronger than ever. We will never forget those who died, nor will we forgive those <laughs> I'm sorry, who took them from us. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it through this. Um This one um came from uh Edison who um was is from is Europe. He wrote it. Uh and he wrote simply uh, I'm going to read it in English cuz I I can't read the the Slavic language he wrote in. He said, "Dear children, and know how you feel. I have been in the Kosovo war. I think of you." that this day touched someone across the world who had seen what war was like is a reminder to us of what this day really was and how deep and dark it was. I really like this one. This is from Denisha, who was in fourth grade in Brooklyn. She wrote, After the September 11th attacks in New York and Washington, D.C., the United States of America has really pulled together that really gave me a good vision in my head that we really could all get along. People should always show kindness like how they are showing kindness now. I think everyone in America should thank the emergency workers for helping with the crisis. The generosity of Americans, not just New Yorkers, makes me feel good to be an American. It makes me feel good because I know that people wouldn't be unwilling to help if such a thing were to happen again. Instead of Americans feuding, fighting, and hating each other because of their race or religion, they are helping one another. And so to conclude this essay, all I have to say is, God bless America. There was a time of uniting around what had happened because we all had been attacked. It happened in New York, but it happened to us all. And I fear that we will forget it. And that's my biggest fear. What do you think of when you hear little kids write about what happened to them, what they thought on 9-11? You were, you were actually the age of some of those kids that wrote those things on, on 9-11. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really insightful, and it's, it's sad to see where we are now, you know, compared to just the sense of, of patriotism, of unity, um, of the sense of moral good um, in the face of moral evil. And um, just, it's it's just, it, it really does make me frustrated and sad that the, the people writing, um, like, people are my age um, when that happened have now grown up to be such ungrateful, hateful people, um, unthankful, 
um, for the sacrifices of people that have been made and and for the moral good that America has has brought to the world. Um, and then just in light of the foreign policy, just absolute um, evil blunders that have happened over the past few weeks, it's uh, even more frustrating and even more sad um, and even more disappointing that in light of those, those sacrifices that were made um, on 9-11, uh, it, and everything that has happened afterwards has just been so quickly undone. Um, not that those sacrifices weren't for something, because they were. Because at the time that each one of those sacrifices were made, um, it, it was it was meant for something. Um, th- those sacrifices aren't useless. And, um, of course, we look always to God to redeem suffering and hardship, um, because only God can turn something that is a, a tragedy into something that is um, purposeful and useful. So we, we never forget that. But, um, yeah, just just the level of, of disunity we have now compared to the unity that we had then is such a tragedy. Um, and it's, it's a very sobering thing to think about. It's 100% right. I, um, I have, uh, I, I particularly enjoy kind of evaluating the history of our country. I enjoy learning about it and, and growing in it. I, I particularly enjoy kind of looking at how we have the leaders that we've had. And, uh, and I, uh, I do have a lot of disagreements, uh, with how George H. Bush led, uh, our country from a policy standpoint in many ways, um, there are things he did that I just ne- didn't necessarily agree George with. George W. Bush. George H. Yes. George H. W. Bush. George was W. When I was born. That's right. Wow. You know what? This is their fault for having the same name. That's their fault. Well, they have the same first name and the same last name. <laughs> not the same. G. W. G. W. I don't necessarily. I. 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 I just also want to say, as far as the New World Order goes, I certainly don't agree with George H. Uh, w. Bush as well, who did a good job speaking about the New World Order himself. Um, so you can't find that on YouTube. They've, they've black holed that. Oh. He said New World Order, oh, too? did he? Yeah, he did. Uh, but Bummer. but George W. Bush, uh, I'm not saying that either of these men weren't good Maybe men. Maybe he's just a man of Issachar looking at something. I w- I, I'm not saying either of these men weren't good men. Uh, but policy-wise, I, I, have, I, have, I have some questions. Um, but I, I believe firmly that George... W G W was was literally in office uh, as the right man to be in office for nine eleven because uh, he did speak with great clarity uh, in ways that the nation absolutely needed to hear and uh, some of the things he did were not things presidents should do um, he should not have left uh, much of his security to walk to the rubble of nine eleven and speak. Uh, to the first responders, but that is perhaps in, in my lifetime is one of the most iconic moments uh, in history that I've ever lived through to see a president with a bullhorn um, speaking to first responders that have dug through dead bodies and and rubble for days uh, to encourage them and to in, indeed set us on a path that would lead us um, to find those responsible. 
and to make those responsible uh, be held accountable for what they had done. Uh, that was, it's, it truly is, uh, was one of the most impactful things I had seen from a leader at that time of our nation. So, um, I, in the, in the whole of the story, I think the, the people that, that really most resound this idea that America came together as America was most certainly the f- way the first responders had to respond and the many stories that came out of those doing heroic acts in this, and not the least of which were the passengers on Flight 93. Um, uh, in one of the iconic recordings, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in one of the iconic recordings that came from Flight 93, um, Todd Beamer, uh, in speaking, uh, as he got off the phone, he he said, let's roll, <laughs> which is incredibly overwhelming considering what their plan was to do was to overthrow the hijackers and take back the plane because they had found out that it was going to be uh, used as a missile against their fellow Americans. Um, and they did. They absolutely did. My wife is currently reading um, the book entitled Let's Roll by his wife, Lisa Beamer. Um, He left behind two kids and his wife. Uh, And uh, she had just recently sent me uh, the eulogy that Todd's father gave at his funeral. And I thought these, (coughs) these words summed up so much sentiment that I still have to this day even about the conflict that we have just uh, seen, quote-unquote, end uh, in the embarrassment that it ended in. So here are the words that he spoke over his son at his funeral, which, as a father, is never, ever, ever a place uh, you want to be, speaking the eulogy at your son's funeral. But here's what he said. We serve the one and true God. Todd and his newfound friends on that Tuesday morning. New freedom fighters is what they really were. They did the right thing. Certain faces of evil were on that particular plane. Of course, I have said to myself many times, why was our beautiful son on that plane? But we know why he was on it. The faces of evil, those particular hijackers, they picked... They picked the wrong plane. Actions of Todd and the other young men and women thwarted that part of their mission. And while we are grieving and also celebrating Todd's life, I must confess that as Todd's father, I take a certain comfort in knowing that in some other parts of the world, the forces that were behind this evil, the planners who plotted it and were ready to celebrate complete victory are having their own remembrances today. They're not celebrating in the streets about either the Capitol or the White House being taken out. I also know with certainty that the hijackers did not have the name of Jesus on their lips in their final moments. And it is now a fact of the matter that they now know they didn't only pick the wrong plane, they picked the wrong side. 
I'm not saying that Todd was perfect, but I can say for Todd's family, there could be none finer and none more ideal. So Todd, thanks for all you were while you were here. You certainly represented your family, your Christian brothers, your God, and your country very well. I think, uh, I think that's a pretty powerful eulogy to be able to give for your son. And that sets up the reality we live in right now. That there was far more at stake in going to Afghanistan than simply finding Osama bin Laden. <laughs> what was at stake was establishing um, righteousness for the unrighteousness that had been done and committed. And, and it was important to do that. And in doing so, what we did was liberate a country. And while that may not be our role at all times, certainly as a nation, when it is our role to find those who attacked us and make sure they cannot attack us again. We read the words of these children. We read the words of Todd Beamer's father, and we are reminded, what are we doing now? What are we doing today? Did we leave Afghanistan just so it could be the same place it was when radical Muslim extremists went on a jihad? Did we simply cede the ground back and yet cede the ground with the thoughts and the actions that radicals yet again could do it once more? And what did the lives of those that sacrificed their lives on 9-11 mean? All those that served in the armed forces to go in and create a safe place for women, for children, for husbands and wives. A place where people could actually mention the name of Christ and live. And yet today, it's different. It's all back to the way it was. So if 9-11 is nothing, is nothing, it should be absolutely one thing. And that is a day where we can be reminded what's important, why we did what we did. And it should remind us that what has happened now and what has been done was done in vanity and should seriously also never, ever be forgotten. Didn't mean to hog up all the time here, Jess. Maybe I've just got a lot to say on 9-11. Um, regardless, we hope that you can find some time in your day uh, to listen to this and, and find some way to remember because uh, not 20 years ago, uh, 3,000 souls in America died. And not 30 days ago, we left the country that harbored the people that did that. We left it in a way that I can't say what we did uh, was actually successful. 
And we really need to contemplate those types of ideas when we think about the decisions we make every day. The ideas we choose to live by. The, the gods we choose to serve. Because there is one true God. That's the God we serve. We do hope that today you would seize the faith and also take some time to pray and remember.